Well, if you have your Bible, turn with me to the Gospel of John and chapter 8. John chapter 8, we return to our study here. Did you know that there is great danger in unbelief? You realize our sins, our sins make us guilty before God. But the sin of unbelief keeps us guilty. The sin of unbelief enslaves us and traps us and keeps us guilty. Back in verse 11 here in John 8, we heard Jesus tell the woman caught in adultery that he, he wasn't condemning her. He told her, go, go and sin no more. He wanted her to know that there was forgiveness of sins. Jesus didn't come to condemn her. He, he came to save. You know that Jesus didn't come to condemn you or condemn me. He came to save. We don't need to be condemned. You realize that? We're already condemned in our sins. We don't need to be condemned. We're already there. What we need is to be saved. But the danger of unbelief is that you... Remain guilty. You remain unforgiven. And if you are unforgiven, you will die in your sins. That's just what we will hear Jesus confront the Jewish religious leaders with who were seeking to kill him. So look with me at your copy of God's Word and follow along, beginning at verse 21. And I will read through verse 30. And I'm reading from the English Standard Version this morning. So, John 8, verse 21. So he said to them again, I am going away and you will seek me, and you will die in your sin. Where I am going, you cannot come. So the Jews said, Will he kill himself since he says, Where I am going, you cannot come? He said to them, You are from below, I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. I told you that you would die in your sins, for unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. So they said to him, Who are you? Jesus said to them, Just what I have been telling you from the beginning. I have much to say about you and much to judge, but he who sent me is true, and I declare to the world that I have heard from him. And verse 27 says, They did not understand that he had been speaking to them about the Father. So Jesus said to them, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am He, and that I do nothing on my own authority, but speak just as the Father taught me, and He who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do the things that are pleasing to Him. As He was saying these things, many believed in Him.
What a remarkable passage. You see, from one end to the other, unbelief, and that final phrase there in verse 30, belief, and many believed in him. Now, as we progress in, we're not going to get to it this morning, but as we progress on beyond verse 30, we're going to find out that it's likely that not all of those people who who it says here, many believed in him, not not all of those had true faith in Christ, but many believed in him. You see that full gamut, this, this full range, unbelief and belief. When we arrive at verse 21, Jesus is still speaking to those who oppose him, still speaking to those who are seeking to have him killed. And John tells us that what Jesus is saying now, he's, well, he's said this before. Look at verse 21 again. So he said to them again. Uh, why did he say it again? Why was he saying it again? They needed to hear it again. And I would suggest that if you, if you hear me repeat myself um, in this service and in the ones to come, in the times that we share together, when, when I have the privilege of preaching and teaching the Word, you hear me repeat myself, it's, it's a good thing. We need to be reminded, and that's what we have here. Jesus is reminding them something He said before. He's saying it again. Verse 21, so he said to them, again, I am going away and you will seek me and you will die in your sin. Where I am going, you cannot come. That's essentially the same thing Jesus said when in John 7, back in verses 33 and 34, if you want to go back and look at it, chapter 7, verse 33, he told the crowds, I will be with you a little longer and then I am going to him who sent me. You will seek me and you will not find me. Where I am, you cannot come. So in chapter 7, Jesus said, I'm going to him who sent me. And where I am, you cannot come. Here in chapter 8, he says, I'm going away. And where I'm going, you cannot come. What does Jesus mean? I'm going to him who sent me. What does he mean? He's going away. Both in chapter 7 and chapter 8, he's speaking of his crucifixion, his burial, his resurrection. It's what we celebrated this morning with the Lord's Supper. He's pointing to his death, burial, and resurrection. His enemies don't understand that. But they'd love to have Jesus go away. Oh, they want to be done with him. They don't want him to be seen again. They want to be done with him. In fact, God made them a part of his plan, interestingly enough, isn't it? In God's eternal plan, he included these rebellious unbelievers, these people who refused to believe in Jesus, to actually use them to accomplish God's good purposes in taking Jesus to the cross. But then Jesus says, both in chapter 7 and chapter 8, you will seek me. You will seek me. What does he mean, you will seek me? Well, he means that they're still going to be looking for the Messiah. They're not going to be looking for him personally. They're still going to be looking for the Messiah after his death and resurrection. And he, being the Messiah, will not be found by them because they're not going to be looking for Jesus. But if they're looking for the Messiah, why won't they find him? Well, don't all who seek the Lord find him? Doesn't the answer, uh, doesn't he answer all who call on him? 
Well, yes, but, but the key to their not finding him is found in their unbelief. They won't find him because they're not believing in him. They refuse to believe in him. They refuse to believe that he was the Messiah they were actually seeking. Back in chapter 7, Jesus said, You will seek me and you will not find me. And here in chapter 8, verse 21, Jesus says, And you will die in your sin. We learn something remarkable here. Something remarkable. It's possible to look for the Messiah and still not be saved. It's possible to go through the motions of what Christianity looks like on the outside and still not be saved. How can that be? Well, what Jesus is pointing to is the final outcome and the final destination of all who reject him and reject his gospel, the good news. Jesus says, and you will seek me. And this is not as if they are going to be coming, looking for Jesus in faith. They're not going to be seeking him with hearts willing to believe in Jesus Christ as the Savior. They're going to be looking for the Messiah, but they won't be seeking him from the depths of their heart to believe in him and him alone. They won't be seeking him in faith. They will be seeking him as people who seek for God in their own wisdom, with their own hidden motives, for their own gain. And I want you to note here that Jesus says they'll, they'll die in their sin. This is serious. This is something not to take lightheartedly. This is serious. And note that he says sin. He doesn't say sins. You will die in your sin. That's singular. What's their sin? It's the sin of unbelief. You realize that refusal to believe is a sin? God's word commands people to believe in the Son. God's Word commands people to believe in the Son. Believe in Jesus and you will be saved. God's Word commands people to turn to Him and seek Him in faith, just like we hear. And we've heard once already this morning, I come back to the verses I opened the service with, Isaiah 55, verses 6 and 7. Listen to them again. Seek the Lord while He may be found. Call upon Him while He is near. Let the wicked forsake his ways. That's repentance. Turn from your sin. And the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. That's the good news. Anyone who obeys God's word and comes to him in faith will be saved. But many will not seek the Lord with humility. That's a huge problem for many. Many will not come to Jesus in faith and repentance for their sin because they are too proud to admit that they are sinners. It's their sin that makes them guilty before God, but the sin of unbelief keeps them guilty. It's a tragic the sin of unbelief, it's a refusal to believe in the truth. It's a refusal to believe in the good news. 
You see, if any true, anyone truly believes in Jesus, they will be forgiven their sin. But if anyone refuses to believe, they remain condemned. They remain in their sin. So many will want the Messiah, but they won't want Jesus. They'll want the Messiah of their own making. That's what's happening here as Jesus confronts these Jewish religious leaders. And that's the danger of sin. You realize sin darkens the heart and clouds the understanding of anyone who remains an unrepentant sinner. An unrepentant sinner cannot know God, cannot know Jesus Christ because they do not believe in Him as the Messiah, the chosen one of God, the one whom God sent to be the sacrifice for sins, the one we celebrate at Christmas. He didn't stay a baby. Praise God. He grew to be a man and he, he lived his life on this earth in obedience to God the Father for the purpose for which he was sent to be the sacrifice for sinners. And this is why Jesus says, where I am going, you cannot come. Why? Because he knows they're refusing to believe. You cannot go where I'm going because you don't want the Messiah who forgives sin. You can't go where I'm going because you want the Messiah that will do whatever you want. The Messiah that you will hope comes as a, as a ruler who will rule and reign. You want a Messiah that will follow your demands. That will be the one of your own making. That's not what you're going to get. In fact, that's a problem that isn't limited to the people in that day. still the problem today. You know, this world that we live in, the problem in this day and through all the ages up to this day, mankind wants a Messiah of their own making. They want a Jesus of their own design who makes them feel good, the one who gives them what they want. You can see this so clearly as we enter this season, the Christmas season, this time when we think especially of our Lord Jesus Christ coming as a baby. You can see this so clearly at Christmas time. Many people who are unbelievers are okay with there being a baby Jesus. Oh, the baby Jesus, isn't that so precious? The shepherds, the wise men, poor Mary. They're okay with all that. But they don't want anything to do with the Jesus who hung on the cross. And he hung on the cross for sinners. They don't want to have anything to do with that. Theologian and preacher Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones spoke of this worldwide problem of people who want a God of their own making, when he said this, their God is something which they created themselves, a being who is always prepared to oblige and excuse them. They do not worship him with awe and respect. Indeed, they do not worship him at all. They reveal that their so-called God is no God at all in their talk. 
For they are forever saying that they simply cannot believe that God will punish the unrepentant sinner to all eternity and this and that. They cannot believe that God will do so. Therefore, they draw the conclusion that God does not and will not. In other words, God does what they believe he ought to do or not do. What a false and blasphemous conception of God. How utterly untrue and unworthy. And right he is. And that is why so many people will remain in the darkness of their sin. They will remain blind in their sin because they refuse to believe in the Jesus of the Bible. Back to our passage, these people we see Jesus challenging in the passage before us, they have another problem. It's not only unbelief, which is deadly. They want a Messiah of their own making because they are also blinded by the sin of pride. Remember, again, they're refusing to humble themselves before the one whom God sent. You can see it in their answer to Jesus' statement in verse 21. You can see their arrogance and their pride here when you read verse 22. Look at verse 22 again. So the Jews said, will he kill himself? Since he says, where I am, you cannot come? Jesus' enemies arrogantly suggest that the reason they won't be able to go where he's going is because he's going to kill himself. He's going to take his own life. They believe that anyone who took their own life, of course, went to a more severe place for judgment. But how wrong they were about Jesus, they didn't have a clue. What he says next makes that clear. Look at verse 23 and verse 24. He said to them, You are from below. I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. Oh, he challenges them. You're controlled by your own passions, your own desires. You're controlled by the things of this world. I come from the Father above. Verse 24, I told you that you would die in your sins, for unless you believe, there it is. They needed to believe, for unless you believe that I am He, the one God sent, the Messiah, you will die in your sin. And as is true for anyone who rejects Jesus, These deniers of who Jesus is, these people who are seeking to judge and kill Jesus are themselves going to a place of judgment. Jesus would be returning to heaven. He'd go to his Father. So Jesus gives this strong warning to them that they would die in their sin because without belief in Jesus Christ, there is no forgiveness of sin. Anyone who refuses to repent of sin and believe in Jesus remains of this world, as Jesus said to them. But anyone who turns to Jesus in faith and believes in him, what a wonderful gift is yours if that's you. If you turn to Jesus in faith and believe in him and in him alone for forgiveness and eternal life, you receive a new citizenship. You are no longer of this earth 
You are no longer of this world. You are in this world as long as the Lord lets you stay here. But this is no longer your home. Believers in Jesus are in this world but are no longer of this world. These these wonderful promises are ours. The Bible says in Philippians 3, verses 20 and 21, but our citizenship is in heaven and from it we await a Savior the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like His glorious body by the power that enables Him even to subject all things to Himself. Carolyn and I were at a funeral yesterday and for a godly woman who loved the Lord and her family, for most everyone in the room, everyone gathered around the family and joined in rejoicing over the fact that she was not in this world anymore. She's with her Savior. But even when she was in this world, she wasn't of this world because she was a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. And what a joy is ours. Our citizenship is in heaven if our faith is in Christ. And from it we await that Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who came to save sinners by going to the cross. What these people who opposed Jesus wouldn't believe and what many today still refuse to believe is that the eternal destiny of unbelievers is to die still in their sin. Unbelief is a dangerous place to live. You know, now would be a good time to believe. For those whom Jesus confronted, it would have been a good time for them to humble themselves and say, oh, we must believe. And if you're hearing this today and you don't know Christ, now would be a good time to believe. Now would be a good time to repent of sin and believe in Jesus. True for those people that day whom Jesus confronted with this powerful truth, and true for you today, now would be a very good time to put your faith in Jesus Christ. Believe in Him. And be saved, be forgiven, be cleansed from your sins, be made a citizen of heaven. But I want you to notice in verse 25 how these people continue to challenge Jesus. They are challenging Jesus out of the confusion of their pride-filled, sin-darkened, unbelieving hearts. Verse 25, so they said to him, who are you? Jesus said to them, just what I have been telling you from the beginning. You see, Jesus remains the same. And his witness is consistent. He's saying here that he's just who he's claimed to be all along. Trying to teach them anything more is of no use when they refuse to believe what they've already been taught. So Jesus says next, verse 26, I have much to say about you and much to judge, but he who sent me is true. And I declare to the world that I have heard from him. Jesus is under orders from God the Father. God the Son is following God the Father's command. 
The truth about Jesus Christ had been proclaimed. And what Jesus had said about himself is true. What they needed to do was believe in him. The testimony of Jesus had not changed from the beginning of his ministry. Note that Jesus is saying here that he only tells them what he's been told by the one who sent him. Jesus, God the Son, is on mission from the Father. And what a glorious mission it is to share the gospel, the good news, to preach the gospel to ruined sinners who need to be saved and will be transformed if they put their faith in Jesus Christ. But these people he's confronting, they're still confused. Their hearts are clouded by sin. Look at verses 27 and 28 again. They did not understand that he had been speaking to them about the Father. So Jesus said to them, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am He, and that I do nothing on my own authority, but speak just as the Father taught me. In other words, they don't know Jesus, and they don't believe in Him, but when they would crucify Him, and when He had risen from the dead, then they would know who Jesus is, And it would be then that they would know that what Jesus had said is true and that he spoke not from his own authority, but from the Father's authority, speaking as one under orders. That's why Jesus says in verse 29, And he who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do the things that are pleasing to him. Jesus was not alone. God the Son is commissioned by God and supported by God the Father. And note again the submission of God the Son to to the Father here. Jesus Christ demonstrates this humility that He calls unrepentant sinners to, to believe, to humble yourself before the Lord. And what a clear example for us to live by. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, if you're one who says, I'm a believer in Jesus and I want my life to follow Christ, here's a wonderful example for us to live by. It's the example of humility. It's one of submission to God's will. And Jesus serves to please the Father and so should you if you're a child of God. It's what Jesus was calling these religious leaders to, he was calling them to repentance, to humbly submit themselves to the truth. And what a sharp contrast to that of Jesus' enemies who were prideful and arrogant and blinded by their sin then and still today, who refuse to believe, who who go on and on in pride. God calls us to humility. To humble ourselves before the Lord is the best kind of humility because when you humble yourself before the Lord and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, showered on you, poured into you is the Holy Spirit, showered on you is the gift of forgiveness. You are cleansed and made new and made righteous in the eyes of God. Not because you're righteous, because you're sinless. No, you're not, but because Jesus is sinless. And His righteousness is imputed to us when we believe in Him.
how important that we humble ourselves, that first act of obedience, it's belief and humility before God. To believe in Jesus Christ. Don't stay trapped by the sin of unbelief and don't let the sin of pride enslave you to serving yourself and your own agenda. Don't allow the the pride of unbelief to enslave you to, to living for your own aims. We serve the one true and living God through faith in Jesus Christ. We come to the book, we open the Bible. The whole Bible is about Jesus. You read the Old Testament, it's a prediction of Jesus. You read the New Testament, you begin to see his life and how to live for Jesus. As we're looking at this passage, if we stopped at verse 29, it would be a sad place to stop if it weren't for verse 30. Look at it again. As he was saying these things. Oh, what, what a wonderful phrase here. Many believed in him. Is this genuine faith? I think we're going to see in the coming verses that not necessarily for all of them, but we don't know for sure. In these verses that follow, Jesus challenges them that true faith will show itself. How? Well, true faith will show itself in obedience Obedience to what? God's word. True faith will show itself in obedience to God's word. True disciples live in the word and by the word. That's a true test of real faith in Jesus. I think it's just a beautiful verse here, just a few words, a short verse, verse 30. As he was saying these things, as he's confronting the faithless rebellion of these Jewish religious leaders, there were others standing around. And many believed in him. The truth is powerful. Do you want your life to live, be lived for the glory of God? Do you want your life to be shaped by the Word of God? Do you want your life to glorify God and point other people to Jesus so that you can tell them about the good news? The sad truth is that many today will pridefully and arrogantly remain in their sin because they refuse to believe in Jesus. They're okay with the Jesus of Christmas, but they don't want the Jesus of the cross. Unbelief and pride, fully refusing to believe in Jesus is a matter of life and death. And those who refuse to repent and believe, they remain, they stay in their sins, they stay unforgiven. And their destiny, the Bible is clear, their destiny is an eternity in hell, separated from God. Jesus was clear, where I am going, you cannot come, because he knew that many of those he was challenging would not believe. If you don't believe in him, you can't be with Jesus for all eternity. But anyone who believes in Jesus Christ, anyone who repents of sin and turns to Jesus in faith, will know him and be transformed by the truth that Jesus proclaimed back in verse 12, when he said, I am the light of the world. 
Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Praise God today if you have the light of life. If you realize you don't, turn to Him in faith now. Don't don't reject Him. Don't fail to believe. Don't refuse to believe. Believe. I am the light of the world, says Jesus. Whoever follows me, whoever believes in me, will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Praise God.